Hello friends, welcome to the Functional Nurse Practitioner Podcast. I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner who believes in utilizing functional medicine strategies in order to provide a more comprehensive approach for optimal health. The current model of care in healthcare is very lacking, which led me down the road of functional medicine. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach, which looks at uncovering the root cause for the symptoms we are having in order to allow for healing versus simply applying a Band-Aid to the situation. I believe we need an integrative approach of both conventional and functional medicine in order to provide the best care possible. I have been incorporating functional medicine practices within my conventional medicine practice and have seen phenomenal results. I believe we need to level up our healthcare system so that we can actually feel better. Just a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or be a substitute for medical advice from your practitioner. Also, if you like what you hear on this show, I would be real appreciative if you would leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from and subscribe to the show. Okay, on to today's episode. A few weeks ago, we talked about one of my favorite vitamins, B12. And this conversation really resonated with many of you who reached out to me on Instagram with such positivity. Episode 30, if you missed it. I thought today we would dive deeper into another vitally important B vitamin, vitamin B9, also known as folate. This is a very big topic, friends. One I feel is vastly misunderstood and underappreciated. I wish I knew this information growing up, yet another reason why I am on a mission to spread information that can dramatically change our health trajectory. Because this is such a complex subject, I am first going to outline the topics we will discuss. That way, if you need to jump to a point in the conversation at a later date for review, it will be easier to find that particular spot. I am such a nerd and I am beyond hyped up to get into the science on folate. Okay, number one, what exactly is folate? We're going to talk about natural versus synthetic forms. Number two, folate's role in cellular function and DNA synthesis. We will explore folate's impact on cell growth and cell division. Number three, we will get into the link between folate and cardiovascular health. Number four, folate's impact on our mental well-being. Number five, folate and our hormonal health. Number six, the connection between folate and pregnancy. Number seven, folate's impact on how we age. Number eight, food sources for folate. Number nine, supplementation. I know usually this is one of your favorite things to talk about. And lastly, we will discuss key takeaways. This is going to be a banger of an episode, friends. If I did believe in magical supplements, folate would be at the top of the list. Are you ready? I'm ready. I am itching to get into this conversation. 
Whatever you're doing, maybe you're working out or on a hike or driving in your car, let's lean into vitamin B9, folate. Folate is an essential nutrient. What this means is that our bodies require folate to function properly, but we cannot synthesize folate. We have to obtain it through our diet. There are two main forms of folate, natural folate and synthetic folate, also known as folic acid. While they have similar functions in the body, there are some important differences between the two. Folate is a naturally occurring water-soluble vitamin found in a variety of foods, which we will get into in a little bit. Folate is easily absorbed and utilized by the body. Folic acid is the synthetic form created through a chemical process and is commonly added to fortified foods. Well, processed foods like cereals, crackers, cookies, etc. It is also added to many dietary supplements. How else are folate and folic acid different aside from natural versus synthetic? Folate is generally well absorbed in the small intestine. Folate is in the active form and does not require enzymatic conversion. Folic acid, however, needs to undergo conversion to 5-methyltetrahydrofolate before it can be utilized by the body. This is very important, and I want to underline this. We need to convert folic acid in order to use this essential nutrient. How do we convert folic acid to 5-methyltetrahydrofolate? MTHFR. Say what? MTHFR. 5-10-methylene-tetrahydrofolate reductase is the critical enzyme in the folate metabolism pathway. MTHFR converts 5,10-methylene-tetrahydrofolate into 5-methyl-tetrahydrofolate. What a mouthful. Did you know that one in three individuals have at least one MTHFR variant? Genetic variants or genetic polymorphisms refer to differences in our DNA sequences. Genetic polymorphisms can impact various aspects of our biology, including how we respond to medications, how our bodies metabolize nutrients, and how we interact with the environment. MTHFR gene variants are common. I've talked about this before on the show, my genetic testing. I have one of the MTHFR variants. Just because we have a gene variant doesn't necessarily mean we will experience health problems or require interventions. I do feel most individuals would greatly benefit from genetic testing. I am so glad I tested mine. Little tweaks I made have greatly impacted my life. I had chronic headaches for most of my life. I was told there was nothing that could be done. I tried every medication, even injections, and nothing really helped. I took ibuprofen for years on a daily basis. I consider myself lucky that I did not end up with severe GI issues. As a child, I loved 
Flintstone vitamins. Who didn't? Am I right? They were good. Have you ever looked at the ingredients on Flintstone vitamins? Game changer. Aside from the many chemicals, food dyes like red 40, blue 2, and yellow 6, sugar, maltodextrin, and sucralose, talk about a triple threat. This multivitamin also contains synthetic vitamins. Their marketing team should get a raise, as their list on the free from looks impressive. Free from wheat, eggs, high fructose corn syrup, aspartame, dairy, and gluten. It doesn't say in bold on the front. Contains toxic chemicals and dyes, additives, and garbage synthetic vitamins. Let me get off my soapbox. I took a multivitamin most of my life and saw no benefit. I also ate a diet rich in processed foods and ultra-processed foods laced with more chemicals, additives, and synthetic vitamins. My genotype causes a reduction of about 30% in folate metabolism. So I am ingesting ungodly amounts of synthetic folic acid, and my body has a reduced capacity to convert it to the essential form necessary for so many processes in the body. Since ditching the shit foods, mostly, and adding in a multivitamin with an activated B-complex or methylated B-complex, I feel so much better. Rarely do I have a headache, and that is just one of the many benefits of having optimized nutrients. Does this mean everyone should run out and get a multi with an activated B-complex? Not necessarily. I do believe we need personalization, and supplementation will not offset a shit diet. Gene variants are only one piece of the puzzle and do not determine an individual's health outcomes on their own. Environmental factors play an integral role with our expression of our genes. Another reason why I love testing genes, we can do something about it. I never realized how much influence we have on our health, our trajectory, even if we have shit genes like I do. With alterations in folate metabolism, there are downstream effects aside from inadequate levels of folate. Folate is a key player in DNA synthesis and cell division. We need folate for growth and repair of tissues throughout our body. Folate helps maintain the integrity of vital organs like our skin, our bone marrow, our GI tract. Folate is also crucial for our immune system, ensuring its ability to defend against infections and diseases. Without sufficient folate, DNA synthesis can be impaired, leading to DNA damage and compromised cellular function. During cell division, DNA replication occurs, ensuring that each new cell receives a complete and accurate set of genetic information. Folate is essential for the production of new DNA strands so our cells can divide and proliferate properly. We need folate for the production of red blood cells. Red blood cells are produced in the bone marrow and folate is needed for the division and maturation 
of precursor cells. Folate does not work in isolation. There are a variety of other nutrients like B12 and B6 that are involved in the metabolism and activation of folate. Folate is crucial for our cardiovascular health. There is a significant connection between folate and homocysteine, an amino acid found in the blood. Folate plays an integral role in metabolism of homocysteine. Folate donates a methyl group to homocysteine, converting it to methionine. This process is known as methylation. Methylation is a complex topic, so we won't go too far into the weeds as this deserves a show of its own. Insufficient folate levels can disrupt homocysteine metabolism, leading to elevated homocysteine levels in the blood. When homocysteine levels are high, there can be many downstream effects, such as damage to blood vessels, impaired cellular function, inflammation, increased risk of having a stroke or heart disease. High levels of homocysteine have also been linked to several types of cancer. Folate is not a solo player in this process either. We need B12 and B6. Our bodies are pretty miraculous. Not only do I have one of the MTHFR variants, I also have a variant of MTHFD1, methylene tetrahydrofolate dehydrogenase cyclohydrolase and formal tetrahydrofolate synthase 1. Huh, not entirely sure I said that correctly. That was a talk about a mouthful. I have the MTHFD1AA genotype. AA, so homozygous, two copies. Thanks, mom and dad. MTHFD1AA genotype is associated with higher levels of homocysteine. My methylation pathway is purple, meaning high impact. Having both of these variants increases my risk of cardiovascular disease. I can influence my genetic expression by my actions. I eat a diet rich in folate and choline, another cofactor for healthy methylation. If you have the means to do so, I highly recommend having your genetics tested. Be sure to work with a seasoned practitioner as it can be overwhelming to have results and not know the path to take. I have had numerous clients have different types of tests ran by practitioners who did not know how to interpret the results. They ended up in my office, my virtual office, thankfully. I take my job very seriously and want to help as many people as possible to be optimized. One of the many reasons I started my own practice. Have you heard the news? If you live in Indiana and would like to work with me, head over to my website at www.thefunctionalnursepractitioner.com and click the link to schedule your free introductory call. Next on the list, folate and our mental well-being. This is a game changer, friends. I have seen the dramatic difference that optimal nutrition has on our mental health personally and professionally. I had a colonoscopy Friday. Yay! What fun. Actually, it wasn't so bad. Not the procedure itself, but the prep? Well, no vegetables, no fiber, was rough. I noticed my mood was greatly impacted. 
I am still not quite myself yet. There is conflicting literature as to whether or not a colonoscopy damages, is that the right word? We'll go with it for now. Damages our microbiome. It's not all about what comes out the other end. My mood changes can definitely be related to an altered microbiome from the prep. It can also be from reduced folate, among other nutrients. Folate plays a crucial role in the production of neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. Insufficient levels of folate have been associated with a higher risk of depression, cognitive decline, and age-related neurological disorders. Folate supplementation has been associated with a dramatic improvement with major depressive disorders, schizophrenia, ADHD, bipolar disorder, and autism. There are many links in the show notes, as always, if you want to dive deeper into this topic. I am fascinated with the concept, not necessarily jumping to everyone take supplements. I also am a food-first practitioner. When I go to the farmer's market on Saturdays, I look around at all the beautiful vegetables thinking, how do I want to get my folate this week? I think about many other nutrients also, but folate has a special place in my heart. Forget chocolate if you feel depressed. Eat green vegetables. Sounds somewhat silly, but I can feel the difference when I consume large amounts of green, folate-rich vegetables. It's true what they say. Once you make the switch, switch to a more whole foods diet instead of processed garbage, your taste buds change. And these colorful, beautiful foods, well, let's just say I crave them. Next on the list, folate and our hormonal health. We already established that folate is crucial for methylation. When thinking of our hormones, it's not just about how much of a hormone we're making. It's also about how are we detoxifying them? How are we breaking them down and getting rid of them? We make hormones, then we need to break them down, send them along the biotransformation pathway, ultimately leading to excreting them. We don't want to recirculate crusty hormones, as I like to say. Folate is one part of this process. I keep repeating this because it is important to understand. You've heard me say folate, B12, and B6. It's more than these three, but in my opinion, these three are the greatest methylation influences. I am definitely a fan of thinking about the necessity of all three of these rather than someone just taking a high dose of folate. There can be downstream effects of over-supplementing. It's much simpler to obtain these nutrients through foods. We are all different, unique, and require individualization. I work with my clients through a functional medicine lens, taking into account their unique needs. Another reason why I am an advocate of genetic testing, it's a piece of the puzzle, not the only piece. If we don't have sufficient folate, we may have irregular periods, cramps, low progesterone. We may experience estrogen dominance. We spoke in depth about estrogen dominance, episode one. That's right, my first podcast episode, holding steady as the second most popular episode to date. 
Alas, it got bumped from number one by our discussion on perimenopause and menopause with Dr. Carrie Jones. Go back and listen to my first episode or re-listen if it's been a while. I feel this is crucial for us to really comprehend even if we don't have female parts. Chances are we are close to someone who has female parts and understanding estrogen dominance will only help us to relate. Folate and pregnancy. This is going to be the speed date edition for this section as I could do a whole show on just this topic. And maybe I will. If you're interested in a dedicated episode diving deep into folate and pregnancy, let me know. During pregnancy, folate, as if it already wasn't super important, takes on an even more special significance. Folate is essential for the proper development of fetal neural tube. Adequate folate intake before and during pregnancy can significantly reduce the risk of neural tube defects and also congenital abnormalities. It is essential for the mother also as insufficiency can lead to anemia and peripheral neuropathy. We're not going to get into the controversy over folate versus folic acid, at least not today. Folate has a huge impact on how we age. The prevalence of folate deficiency is high among individuals aged over 65 years, mainly due to reduced dietary intake and malabsorption. We are at an increased risk of cognitive impairment. This is something I think about. My grandmother who raised me, she had dementia. At the end, she really didn't know who I was. It was very difficult. She would get agitated if you corrected her, especially in the beginning. I can only imagine the difficulty those with dementia face. It is also very difficult for those that have a loved one with dementia. Earlier, we talked about the connection between depression, neuropsychiatric disorders, and folate. The risk is greater the older we are. Optimizing our nutrients is so important all throughout our lives, but one could argue even more so as we age. Let's talk about food sources for folate. When I think of folate, I think of foliage. In particular, green leafy veggies. Spinach, mustard greens, romaine lettuce, to name a few. Some of the highest folate-rich foods, liver, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, and black-eyed peas. Seafood, eggs, dairy, meat, nuts, and grains also contain folate. I am definitely a fan of variety. I usually eat a big salad for lunch with several types of leafy greens and then top with fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi, sprinkle on some nuts and seeds. Sometimes I'll do wild-caught salmon or even sliced beef. I love adding veggies like asparagus and green peas also. A nice mixture of cold and warm foods hits just right. I know you've been waiting for this one. Let's talk about supplementation. We all know about folic acid. What other options are there? I am a huge fan of 5-methyltetrahydrofolate, which is the most bioavailable form on the market. Remember that folic acid needs to be converted to 5-methyltetrahydrofolate using our old pal, 
MTHFR. There's actually some literature that speaks about dangers of taking folic acid if you have an MTHFR variant, because it's almost like it gets stuck. It can put a strain, so to speak, on the MTHFR enzyme. I try to stay away from synthetic anything, but especially vitamins. There are some individuals who are sensitive to methylated nutrients. I always educate my clients, if I don't know their genetic SNPs, that for some individuals, methylated vitamins may make them feel worse. If you get a headache or nauseous when taking methylated vitamins, you may be one of these individuals. In this case, I recommend folinic acid. This is a non-methylated, but bioactive and natural form. Let's talk about some key takeaways from today's discussion. Folate is an essential nutrient that our body requires for proper functioning. Folate is not synthesized by the body, so it must be obtained through diet. There are two main forms of folate, natural folate and synthetic folate or folic acid. Folate is easily absorbed and utilized by the body, whereas folic acid requires enzymatic conversion to be utilized. The MTHFR gene plays a critical role in converting folic acid to its active form and genetic variants are very common. Insufficient folate levels can cause a myriad of issues and raise the risk of diseases like cardiovascular disease, dementia, cancer. Folate is essential for DNA synthesis, cell division, and the production of red blood cells. Folate plays a key role in our mental well-being, and deficiency has been associated with depression, psychiatric disorders, and cognitive decline. Folate is an integral part of hormonal health and methylation, which affects hormone detoxification and balance. Adequate folate intake is crucial during pregnancy for proper fetal neural tube development and to reduce the risk of birth defects. Folate deficiency is more prevalent amongst older individuals and can increase the risk of cognitive impairment and neuropsychiatric disorders. We talked about food sources of folate, green leafy veggies, liver, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, black-eyed peas, seafood, eggs, dairy, meats, nuts and grains all contain folate amongst other nutrients. And lastly, we talked about supplementation. Folic acid is very well known as a supplement, and it is in so many processed foods. 5-methyltetrahydrofolate is considered the most bioavailable form of folate on the market, and usually what I recommend. Folic acid needs to be converted by MTHFR to 5-methyltetrahydrofolate. Therefore, there are many individuals who may have issues with taking folic acid. For the rare individual who is sensitive to methylated nutrients, there is an alternative, folinic acid, which is bioactive and also a natural form of folate. Ultimately, personalization is crucial when even thinking about supplementation. 
I definitely do not believe in magical supplements. Not everyone needs supplementation, and there can be downstream effects of taking too much, even taking too much of a water-soluble vitamin. I told you this was a big topic. Go back and re-listen. Use the table of contents in the show notes to help you find the spot you were looking for more easily. I hope you enjoyed spending time with me today, and I will see you very soon. Love you guys.